Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast. Today, my guest is Mark Webb, the director of a new division of Fortune Management called Fortune 50. As dentistry goes through a market shift, Fortune has formed this group for those willing to take advantage of the changing landscape of our industry. Fortune 50 is an exclusive group of dental professionals that wish to grow their business exponentially. A CEO think tank, Fortune 50 members have access to board of director support, a peer-to-peer advisory group, as well as exposure to industry thought leaders. Mark shares with us the why behind forming this division and the benefits of joining. And now here's my conversation with Mark. Welcome, Mark, to the podcast. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's awesome to have you on. Mark Webb, you're the director of Fortune 50 for Fortune Management, and I'm super excited to let our listeners know a little bit about this exciting new division of Fortune Management that we just launched this year. Um, Mark, why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about your background and how you kind of came to Fortune? Certainly. So I am uh, I'm a native of the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area born and raised. And uh, once I got through the college years, I jumped right into electronics, like so many do in Silicon Valley. I spent 17 years doing that, carrying a bag, and then up through middle management, executive management in that uh, same organization. I'm a pretty loyal guy. So for 17 years, I was with the same organization. And one of my responsibilities was opening up uh, a regional office up in the Portland area. And uh, I came into a business relationship with some folks at ADEC, Oh, yes. Um, I didn't didn't know what ADEG did at the time. I just saw a lot of big trucks coming and going, and I figured I should go cold call those guys and see what <laughs> they do. But, um, yeah, and it's amazing how things happen. But it uh, it turned out to be a good business relationship, but also got to know some uh, what I still to this day consider very dear friends uh, that are still in and high up within that organization. And that was my introduction to this wonderful uh, industry called dentistry. Uh, some of those close friends, and on, on more than one occasion, um, thought about maybe going to work for those guys. But uh, um, some doors opened through those relationships for a major dealer, Patterson Dental. This is about 11, 12, maybe 11 years ago. And uh, I was ready for a change. I'd been doing you know high tech for quite a while and, and had enjoyed success. I was very blessed, and things were going very well and could have probably stayed there for the rest of my career. But that's partially what bummed me out and partially scared me. Uh, that I figured there's got to be something else in this world that uh, I'm meant to do. And uh, so I took a position with Patterson Dental as a branch manager in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it was kind of funny because they would always traditionally been hired within. So I was one of these, I think, early experiments about going outside to uh, bring in different different perspective, if you will, into dentistry. Right. And uh, boy, that's that's continued to really be uh, very common. But uh, I remember when they brought me in, I had all these senior reps that had been in the industry for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And they're looking at me like I had two heads. Like, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> exactly. Out of, out of, yeah. You're a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I felt a little bit about it. I mean, here's what I knew. I knew I knew business. I knew how to organize the sales group. I understood the profit and loss and I knew how to make money through uh, distribution. 
Um, what I knew about dentistry is there, it was very short list. I had a dentist. <laughs> I'd been going to that same dentist for quite a while yeah. and I didn't much care about going there. I didn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great day for me to go to a dentist. And, um, so I didn't know a whole lot, but, uh, they taught me a lot, you know, very open. And I've always part of my approach towards, um, all industry and, and interacting with people. I asked, I reached out, I reached out and said, would you help me? I said, these things I know and these things I don't. Right. And I think it caught him off guard, but we had a great run and I uh, stayed with Patterson Dental for uh, 10 years and um, enjoyed different positions and had a lot of success. And it was because of the people around me, frankly. And uh, But we, we harnessed them and we got it going and, and had a lot of fun and met some wonderful people within the industry on the manufacturing side. And one of those wonderful people that I met, yes. uh, here's a big segue, Kim, um, was Bernie <laughs> Stoltz. Yes. Uh, one of my, yeah, one of my responsibilities was uh, overseeing the operations in Hawaii um, as a regional manager. And out there on a business trip one evening, there was a business dinner, and Bernie was speaking. And I thought, wow, who, who is this guy? You know, it's probably eight nine years ago. Um, yeah. And he was very flamboyant and really, I thought, you know, um, big personality. And uh, the room was packed, by the way. So I said, well, these people have been coming to see Bernie for a while. And so um, Bernie and I over the years to follow, it become, you know, quite close. And I'd say on a friendly basis, of course, and then uh, built a lot of trust into that. And then as a region manager, I was exclusively presenting fortune management um, when uh, the need arose. So I, I really fell in love with the fortune uh, technologies, their entire approach towards communication, people, dentistry, um, so when my time came to an end at Patterson Dental, Bernie was one of the very first pe- people I spoke to, mm-hmm. and he had some great ideas about some changes in dentistry and where Fortune Management um, had decided to position themselves, and and that was kind of the the evolution of, of really the Fortune 50 idea, the concept of Fortune 50. So. Um, that kind of brings you through my career and up to up to present. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the changes, Mark, that you've seen in the industry, and of course we've seen mm-hmm. as well. What you know, the right. dental the dental world is changing. Everyone likes to talk about that. What's your perspective on it? Um, it absolutely it's changed, absolutely, and um, it's been happening for I mean uh, quite a while. I mean, when you look back, you can you can take a look and and you can see what's happened on the on the uh, distribution side. You look at the distribution side, uh, nearly 70% of the volume that runs uh, will run through two distributors, okay. two dealers, two dental dealers. Um, over 20 years ago, I heard that, don't you know, quote me, but it was over 600 certified dealers. Now it's really considerably less, but the main thing was through acquisition and consolidation, that portion of our industry is consolidated. So the, the big the big shift that I've seen and witnessed is consolidation. You look at what's happening at the manufacturing level. You look at um, the uh, Dense Plicerona as a great example, but they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, multi-billion dollar organizations are, are consolidating. Now, this is, this is normal. This is part of the normal business bell curve of a mature industry. So the big one um, that's now presenting opportunities uh, but affecting and concerning the industry is that it's not the quiet little industry flying under the radar anymore. That's dentistry. Right. It's now been ex- it's been exposed as a wonderful uh, industry and it's brought in a lot of wanted and unwanted uh, ideas, concepts, business models. 
And um, so the shift, the big change, so it is consolidating and it being the practices, the dental practices so much that in, you know, 15 years ago, less than 5% were really multi-site or the DSO, if you will. Right. Um, the dental service organizations today, it's pushing closer to 20%. And all forecasts are that it's going to continue to consolidate. Now that's possibly considered one of those unwanted pieces to people that were used to this comfortable industry growing 14% a year over year. Well, it doesn't do that. It hasn't been doing that for years and years. It's growing maybe one, maybe 2% overall as an industry. Right. So, um, but within that, this uh, acquisition or this consolidation movement, Kim, is presenting, uh, you know, double-digit growth. It's, it certainly exceeds 10% per year. So it's growing rapidly. It's a very active piece within dental. So for the entrepreneurial-minded uh, folks and the people that have vision uh, within this industry, they're seeing opportunity. And that's, that's what's going on right now. Those are the, the, the big shifts that are taking place. It's happening on the dealer side, the manufacturing side, and certainly has been. And it's in, you know, it's in third gear going into fourth gear right now with consolidation on the practice side. So some people listening might think, so is everyone going to be a DSO in the future? You know, um, sometimes there are some people that are, you know, kind of saying the sky is falling and that's what they think is going to happen. Where do you see, where do you see the industry going? No, it's a great question. Mm -hmm. It's a great question. And for those that are holding on to yesterday (laughs) and still largely what the current model is, uh, which has been outstanding for a long time and, um, and has provided a lot of success. For those that hang on to what, what it was and what still largely currently is, are going to be the ones that I think are going to see the more difficult road. No, not, and be really clear, really clear on this. This is not about corporate dentistry, Fortune 50. This is the anti-corporate dentistry. Right. This is about an opportunity that the market is going to consolidate. Now, where it stops, nobody knows. But if, if you sat around a table with a bunch of folks in the medical industry 30 years ago and said, hey, this thing's going to consolidate, what do we want it to look like? And more importantly, what's my role in this as a clinician, as a leader in this industry, as an entrepreneur in the medical industry? Um, I think it might have looked a little different than it does today. Definitely. So, yeah. So, so the dental industry is going to look wildly different 20 years from now. Um, and no, it doesn't have to all be DSO. As a matter of fact, um, and I think we'll get into this in a little bit, I think there's tremendous business models that keep the clinician in charge. Yes. That um, keep the standard of care as the, 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 the primary focus. And uh, there's going to, it's going to look different. It's going to look different, but it could be wonderful. And that's really what Fortune 50 was brought into focus for. Yes, this is a wonderful opportunity. So the challenges that are facing doctors that are in private practice today, what are some of those that are forcing them to do some consolidation? Well, I, I, you know, forcing consolidation is probably a secondary, you know, or a consideration. I think every dentist, and you know this, um, at Fortune Management, we believe that every practice has this tremendous opportunity to distinguish itself. And that can be, uh, you know, Dr. Dr. Jones on the street corner, uh, if, if they position themselves well, um, and they can distinguish themselves, if there's something unique about their business that they can clearly articulate, what is that? What is unique about my practice? 
that I can re- remain an independent, I can do these things. And, and um, I believe firmly that there's going to be many of those, whatever that percentage is. But by distinguishing oneself, by taking uh, action, by investing in technology, by doing something that makes you unique, to make you better than the guy or gal down the street. Right, exactly. Um, you'll, there, always, there will always be room. And I think also because of all the technology that most of the doctors want to have either now or in the future, and it's costing a lot more to run a dental practice that they are, you know, partnering up with other doctors, just a, a simple economies of scale is coming into play. Isn't that what you're seeing? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, see, that's an opportunity now. It yeah. uh, depends on the answers to the great questions that, that are asked of these doctors and, and their belief systems. And, you know, I can't afford to buy a CAD CAM system or I can't afford uh, to invest in these things because all the big guys have it. I'm in trouble. You know, this is, that's that, you know, um, half glass empty yes. mentality. Um, so there will be some consolidation that turns into these group practices or multi-specialty practices, because that's real smart business to look at economies of scale, to look at shared services. Um, and I'm not describing a DSO. I'm describing other models at this point right. that can remain, uh, in the, you know, the five to $12 million range that, um, that look at achieving these economies. So for the the folks that are looking into the opportunities that are available to them, these are the type of business models that, that greatly interest a clinician. Uh, again, it's, uh, you know, there's this other piece, there is corporate dentistry. So I don't mean to just sweep it under the rug and it's got a lot sure. of momentum, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be that you don't, you know, the, the single practitioner doesn't have to go down that path. There are other options, and there's a great need. And uh, again, it's why we, we put together the Fortune 50 program. Exactly. So that is why. And so let's talk a little bit about what the vision of Fortune 50 is. Well, I, the, vision, um, the vision is just that, to create an environment that is very content and knowledge-rich, that uh, we want to keep it small because this is going to be a high touch. And I'll get into a little bit about you know, how we structure the, the, the overall group and the sessions when we, when we get together. Um, but maybe I'll just first start. I, what comes to mind is I was watching some YouTube on Steve Jobs the other day. And the interviewer asked, what is the single most unique advantage that you have at Apple? And he thought about it. And he said, literally, it's the people that he's surrounded himself with. Right. And... So that's really kind of the cornerstone of what we wanted to do with Fortune 50 is we wanted to attract a select group of dental entrepreneurs. These are um, practice owners. Um, They have proven success. Um, And, you know, I can share a little criteria with you with what we're looking for, but they're all looking to take advantage of the opportunities. Their glass is half full and they're looking forward to the future. It started though with, building an advisory team um, that we put together at Fortune 50. And this advisory team is a a pseudo board of directors, if you will. They're all Mm C-level and they cover um, various aspects of business. And that means there's a legal uh, advisor on our staff that focuses on that multi-site market in healthcare. We have Bernie as our chief business strategist. We have Fred Joyle on the team as our chief marketing advisor. So we we have built this team that is very knowledgeable, very experienced. And the idea then is to build our membership around that. 
and give these members access to this knowledge base. Um, and there's so that's really important and actually very uh, exciting to the dental entrepreneur that really says, hey, I've got some great ideas. What I'm really lacking is an area that I can go get some honest feedback, someone that can keep me honest, someone that's been there, done that, seen this, um, and can advise me. And that's the idea. Right. These folks get direct access to our advisory group. Okay, so that's that's a big piece of, of what we're doing. And then, Kim, there's one more really, I think, untapped and extremely powerful piece that uh, is part of our vision is uh, as we're creating this environment for these dental entrepreneurs to come and, and uh, achieve their their visions is their own selves, their peers. Mm-hmm. The peers are a very, very powerful pool of knowledge and experience. So that gets back to our selection criteria and they're you know, getting them together and working through processes and facilitating these peer interaction groups when we do get together three times a year to really unleash that knowledge. There's an enormous amount of untapped knowledge within the membership. Absolutely. Yes. I love the advisory board because they, they oftentimes know they need to seek those people out. However, they don't carve out the time or the energy to find those people. So I agree. The advisory board has an amazing group. And then the peer to peer, because you're right. Some of them come with challenges that somebody else has already solved. So, you know, why reinvent the wheel model success? That's been a fortune management, you know, theme throughout our history. Yeah. You know, and how how valuable is that, right? It's amazing. to the membership. Yes. And so for, Fortune 50 has obviously already been launched. So tell us a little bit about the meetings um, and, ha- and how it's structured. Love to. Um, three times a year, we bring all of the members, uh, we gather in Silicon Valley. And past uh, September, we just had our most recent uh, meeting. And we had some 27 different offices represented uh, with the advisory board. And it was a two-day program, actually two and a half. We brought them in the night before and had a little reception to get everybody uh, loosened up. And and these uh, members range from New York to Hawaii nice. and points in between. So this is a, a national organization um, uh, program that we're putting together. And uh, so we met in uh, San Jose and had a wonderful two-plus days at the Fairmont in San Jose. But it's boot camp. This wasn't get-together and... We do have some fun. Uh, I chuckle because people say, this isn't about fun. This is boot camp. This is business. It's <laughs> serious, right? But, right. And, and that's true to, from, uh, to a certain extent. But we did have some fun. But, uh, so the two days are full of some, um, some presentations some, from some outstanding speakers, some within the advisory group or a good chunk of them. And then we always will look outside of the organization kind of for that, that, that um, out-of-the-box Yes. keynote speaker. So we, mm-hmm. we had that. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a second. But uh, And then about 50% of, of each day is committed to these peer interaction sessions, these breakouts, where we'll break into small groups of troikas of, of three. And we're, we're going to constantly challenge that and make sure that we're doing a better and better and better job. It was excellent. And everybody really was excited. All the, all the members really enjoyed that. Uh, but we'll be processing business issues in these breakouts. And this is where we want to unleash, you know, let, let loose all that knowledge um, that comes from interacting with your peers. And these are like-minded peers. These people, it looks so exciting, Kim. 
these people are all moving. They're all going places, you know? Um, they just said, hey, um, they put their hand up and says, I can use some help getting there, but I'm ready to go. I'm a successful dentist. I can say I'm fine. I'm comfortable. I'm making X. I've got my three cars and a beautiful home, but I want more. They see the opportunity. So it's really wonderful when you get them together. There's a real energy that, that gets done. So we wanted to commit a major portion of these meetings, Kim, to that aspect of Fortune 50. So um, and each day we did about uh, 40 to 50% of the day was spent in these breakout sessions processing business issues. Awesome. So, yes, yeah, so they process business issues with the breakouts. And I love the power of a, of a triad or a troika um, holding each mm-hmm. other accountable. And then tell us about the speaker, the keynote that you brought in. We, yeah, we had some fun. This, uh, this gentleman's name is Chris Voss. And Chris Voss is the founder of a, a, a consulting group called the Black Swan group. Uh, the, the, and uh, he's also the author of a book uh, called Never Split the Difference. Now, what really makes Chris intriguing is that Chris, uh, in his prior life or career, worked for a number of things leading up to, but spent 25 years with the FBI as their lead hostage negotiator yes. on an international level. So the, the gentleman, Chris, is just full of fantastic stories. And, um, you know, you talk about it is the, the title of his book is never split the difference, uh, negotiate like your life depended on it. Right. That's the full title of his book. And that's pretty heavy stuff, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, talking about going, you know, going down and negotiating a new car or things like that. But, uh, it's, um, he's a, he was a wonderful speaker and it kind of caught us off guard. Everybody really, really enjoyed his storytelling and how he turned that into business disciplines and communication disciplines and psychological disciplines to understand about communicating with people. So it was very relevant. Right. He's really a communication expert. And, um, you know, you want to be a great leader, you want to be a great business owner, you've got to have excellent communication skills. So that, that was an awesome Mm -hmm. guest speaker. So what are the characteristics of a, of the, um, fortune 50 member? We have some specific criteria, um, but we also have some what I would call subjective criteria as well. Uh, We definitely, it's a select group. It's not open for anyone to join, Um, but we feel that that's a duty that we promise and we keep to our membership is that when they're breaking out in Troika, that they're sitting with someone that's like-minded, may have a very different vision and how they plan on getting there, but they're like-minded to the extent that, number one, they're, they've already proven success. Right. Uh, these, these, these dentists, they are uh, successful in their own right. They are doing you know, anywhere from uh, one and a half to 10 million already. Um, they not in all cases own multiple sites, but usually they have maybe two to three practices. That's Mm -hmm. really where we want to catch these doctors on the bell curve, right? Right. We're not. um, So one of the criteria that we're not looking at, or we're really not, um, you know, we're not looking to go get somebody with, you know, 200 locations. That's really not where we want to focus. So, um, so the criteria is there's, they are, they're successful. They're an owner that they own the practice or have a, an interest in the practice. Um, these doctors, um, again, have been in the market, have proven their success. And uh, we do ask specific questions. There's an interview process, Kim. It's about 45 minutes to an hour where we just really get comfortable with each other. And um, so we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to 
um, that the membership is all in, in, in a certain a level of success, that they bring experience, and you know more the subjective or the softer pieces. We we ask some specific questions to really determine what they want to share. Yeah, and we right. want people to want to come in and share and give, and understand that concept by giving you'll get and um, you'll get back tenfold and. So um, those are some general ones. We don't want, you know, and to be honest, we have some folks that are about the million dollar range, but they have fantastic visions and plans and means and they're successful in their own right. So but two million is kind of the area that we're looking at as a general threshold, if you will. Sure. Absolutely. And it sounds to me like a lot of the members that I know or I've spoken with maybe know that holding a handpiece four days a week is maybe not in their future. They're really more the ones that are passionate about dentistry and passionate about their vision and really leading a group of people and, uh, and maybe bringing on some partners and making some good money doing it. So that's my sense. Yeah. And I think it's, it's excellent. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is not exclusively. Sure. But when we look at our current membership, that that is a very common piece. And actually, it's a tripwire. How does the number one producer that has desire to get away from the chair, how do they do that from a business standpoint? Yes. How do you scale? How do you do these things? These are the challenges that they face. It sounds nice. I'm going to put down the handpiece, right? I really love business. I want to get there. Well, how do I get there? And what are the building blocks for them to successfully transition away from the chair, put down the handpiece? and get to running this enterprise uh, yes. is a big, big difference, big difference. So many of our doctors are wondering, how do I work on my business rather than in my business when I'm, you know, if they don't feel like if they're not in someone's mouth, they're not making any money. So really that scalability is huge and how to bring on the right doctors and how to set things up so that you can put your handpiece down and and maybe do, or maybe do just the dentistry that you love and and have other people, other folks do the the dentistry that you don't love, and you can really be the entrepreneur. So that's what I find to be so exciting. And um, in addition to all the the taking advantage of all the opportunities with the changing market and the cha- changing demographic of our industry, it's awesome. Right. It's awesome. No, you nailed it. That's yeah. So uh, if somebody's interested in in joining Fortune 50 or hearing more about mm-hmm. about it, how would they contact you or what, what would they go about doing? Well, um, I'd be happy to they, I can give my phone out. My phone is usually how it starts. Or they can go uh, give a phone or my email address. But you can also go to the Fortune Management website. And there is a portion committed to Fortune 50. You just click on it and all my contacts are in there. So you can go to Fortune Management, FortuneMGMT.com uh, slash fortune, uh, fortune 50. 50. It's in there. It's part of the web thing. Yeah. So you can go in there. My contact, uh, probably the best way to answer it, Kim, is my contacts are in there. Perfect. Reach out out to me or talk to your, talk to your fortune coach or franchisee. Um, and they can give you some basic information and we can get you started, but it will start with by connecting with me. And, uh, I would love to get into conversation with any doctor that thinks this is something that they would be interested in. And I will put all your contact information and the links in the show notes on our website and in the iTunes description. Um, and you know, I just want to encourage any doctor, if you're thinking about it, it's just an amazing group of people and it's continuing to grow and it's a real special energy that you all have created there amongst the the people of really sharing and um, exchanging ideas and learning and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. 
So people can definitely get in touch with you. Um, Mark, I always like to ask my podcast guests a little bit about themselves and maybe what inspires them. What are some, you know, maybe books or people that you've had over the years that have inspired you to kind of go to the next level? That's a great question. You know, you said it, the word inspire. Everybody loves to be inspired. You know, it feels good, right? It, it motivates yes. us. It, 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 I think it reaches into a deeper space and who we are and, and obviously leads us to take action. When I graduated from school and I, I have a book and I keep it nearby and got yellowed pages and uh, my father had given it to me when I graduated San Jose State. And uh, so a book that I keep around me all the time, it's uh, by Og Mandino. It's the greatest salesman in the world. Yes, and it, I don't know, Kim, if you've had a chance to read it. It's a quick little read. Yes. But to me, it is uh, it it really emphasizes that the greatest way to receive is by giving. Yes. And I work hard to follow that script in life. And I know that when I talked earlier about, you know, how I got involved with fortune, I mean, that's a cornerstone of fortune management that you put the giving hand out and you'd be willing to share. And I'm not talking just, you know, monetary for, you know, things that are important to us in our personal lives, but I'm, I'm talking about giving knowledge, giving support. Um, uh, so I love the book. I reread it every few years and I have given it away many, many, many copies I've given away. So that's I awesome. love that book. So that's an inspirational book to me. Wonderful. Um, the greatest salesman in the world by Augmentino. Yeah. I love that book. So, awesome. Um, from a, from a business standpoint, I love the one that I'm, we're getting back into right now. Years ago at, at Patterson Bennell, we took a deep dive into the four DX, the four disciplines of execution yes. by Sean Covey. And when I really look at my business, my approach to business and uh, execution, I really modeled my thinking around that and my leadership skills and that I've worked on over the years and I'm never going to be at the end of the journey. I'm, I'm just always going to keep growing, but um, I'm really enjoying rereading it. We're getting prepared for our annual planning. And again, it's been selected as a, a key book to discuss. Um, but I love the fact that um, uh, this really covers one of the biggest challenges that businesses large and small face and it's trying to do too much. Right. Just really trying to do too much. So the four steps or the four disciplines, which um, I, I, you know, I won't go into, but really, I think capsulizes really how businesses can move forward and not be caught up in that whirlwind. I will use a term from the book, the whirlwind that seems <laughs> to suck us away from the things that are so strategic to our progress. Exactly. So I love it. I love that book. It's so I'm all, I'm all psyched about that. The 4 DX again. So that's a nice. business standpoint. Well, I love it because, you know, uh, people say knowledge is power, but it's really execution is power. That's really where where it is. And, uh, and I love this book as well. I'm getting really into it for our annual planning this year for all of our teams across the country. And, you know, it's, it's actually perfect because what fortune 50 really is. And you said it earlier, you can, you know, you've got your, your nice house and your nice lifestyle and, and you know, there's another level. How do you execute on that next level? And that's really what fortune 50 is all about. So I love it. Yes, it is. Oh, that's so great. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I know our listeners, I'm sure, got a lot of, out of hearing about Fortune 50. Um, what an amazing program that you've, that you've launched. And um, I just want to thank you so much for who you are for our company and um, who you're going to be in the future. It's awesome. Well, Kim, the pleasure is all mine. So thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. 
thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com.